Hello and welcome to a Believing Heart podcast, a podcast about video games and the like. I'm your host, Mario 8th. You can find me across the internet, all of it, at Mario 8th. I'm still on Twitter, despite, you know, or you can find me on Tumblr or Cohost or ggapp.io if you'd like to see the video games I'm currently playing, or of course you can find my YouTube videos at youtube.com slash Mario 8th or the audio version of this podcast at anchor.fm slash Mario 8th. Now this is a weird episode for me, I'm recording it probably the latest in the day I've ever recorded one of these podcasts before, I've just had an incredibly busy day at work. Usually I can steal the 30 minutes away somewhere to get something done, but I've just been non-stop moving up until now and it's already 8 o'clock. Did I say that? Who can say? That being said, let's just jump right into what is going on with, first of all, as I mentioned at the top, I'm sad about Twitter. This is kind of news, this is kind of what I've been doing, I'm just bummed out what's what that bad, bad man is doing to Twitter. Now, I don't like Twitter, I don't like the Twitter culture, I don't like so many of the people who do bad things on Twitter. But it is such a useful tool for myself and so many other people, it's been integral for a lot of people for their jobs and their employment and their ability to make money to live. And then one rich billionaire decides to come in and ruin it over the course of a week or two. And it's just so... it's just a bummer that this is able to happen. That one idiot with too much money can just tank this website. And I'm sad about it. I'm really gonna miss it. That being said, let's move on to the actual video game news, starting with the Game Award nominations have been announced, and surprise, it's exactly what you'd expect them to be. Now, I don't like the Game Awards, despite having watched the Game Awards for the past, I don't know, three, four years in a row now. Of course, I don't actually just sit down and watch them. I watch people, I watch people commentate over it, or what I was about to say, I watch people watch it. But it's still, it is a bummer that it always comes down to this sort of thing. I just realized I still have my apron on from when I just cooked right now. I should have taken it off. I didn't, uh, what was I saying? Something about being disappointed in the Game Awards. So I'm not surprised that this is how these lists have come out. I'm not surprised by the snubs. I'm not surprised by any of it, but it's still, I, I mean, it is what it is. I saw Tyler Glale who uh, has who worked on The End is Nigh with Edmund McMillan and is currently working on Edmund McMillan's and his new game, which is about a cat game, a cat, um, a cat strategy game, of which, of which name I'm not remembering right now. It looks pretty neat. That being said, he put together a list of what could be the award list for a video game award show, and it's just so much better than what, um, than what Jeff Keighley puts together. Of course, Jeff Keighley is just a guy who likes famous people too much, and Tyler Glale is a person who actually makes video games, so obviously there's a disconnect there. Why would someone who makes video games be able to put together a list? I'm not, I'm not sure where I'm going with this. Anyway, let's move on to what, uh, what has been voted on 
to be the nominees for the Net Game Awards in 2022. So the big one, Game of the Year, has been nominated a Plague Tale Requiem. Now, that's not a type of game I would play, it's too spooky. But I also haven't heard too much great things about it. It's kind of just a thing people have been playing because it came out before they could talk about God of War. And I don't and I and I think this is a really big um recency bias as to why Plague Tale Requiem is on here. Elden Ring is on here. I think in my heart of hearts, I believe Elden Ring is going to take it. They're going to win. It's going to be like Sekiro from a few years back where it's, except it's not going to be surprising this time. Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, it was surprising that they got an Elden Ring. I think it's a shoo-in, and I believe it's going to happen. Even though God of War Ragnarok was also nominated. How is God of War Ragnarok nominated? A game that came out a week ago? I have no idea. That being said, it's there. I'm only 18 hours. Like, I'm straying. I'm probably maybe halfway through, maybe a little less. It's fine. I mean, it's, there's definitely good moments to it. A lot of the combat's fun. I'll, I'll get on to more of my thoughts on God of War later, but it's... Uh, but obviously it was going to be Game of the Year in, in the Game of the Year talks. Same goes for Horizons Forbidden West, which I'm going to get to in like two or three or four more games, depending on what I play after I beat God of War. It's not next, but it might be not next next, but next next next. You know. I haven't played it yet. I enjoyed the first one, which I just played a few months ago, but it's not, it wasn't, like, it's definitely not the best game of 2017 by a long shot, and I'm kind of skeptical that this is going to be the best game of 2022, but I haven't played it yet. Stray is a weird one, weird one because it was very divisive in terms of people who liked playing it, but it is very popular. So as far as popularity contests go, Stray is the indie-ish game. I think it's an indie game. It is the indie-ish game that made the biggest impact. I don't think it'll win. I do still want to play it, but I, I definitely lost excitement about it when I heard it was kind of not the best. Of course, it is one of the six nominees for Game of the Year, so a lot of people did think it was the best, but whatever. And if I were to choose a game that I, and if if I were to exclude Elden Ring, and I were to choose a game that I would hope to God wins Game of the Year, it would be Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I've only heard great things about this one, I haven't played it. I feel I would have to go back and play the first three, so Xenoblade Chronicles 1, 2, and Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is only about a thousand hours of gameplay, so I'm never actually going to get to it. That being said, what uh What the? I should play Xenoblade Chronicles 3. If, if Elden Ring doesn't win, I hope Xenoblade wins, even though I think we all know Xenoblade isn't actually going to win. Best game direction has been Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, and Stray. Now I think Immortality is actually the game I'm going to play next. I've heard enough good things about it that I want to try it out. I also own it and have it downloaded on my PC, so it's real easy to start playing it. That being said, game direction, I don't even know what you're even supposed to be voting for by the category of game direction. Best narrative is A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, and Immortality. Again, I've only played one of these with- oh, I, I didn't mention that I do really want to get to Elden Ring eventually. 
I bet Immortality or Elden Ring... T <sighs> Maybe not. Because there's going to be a lot of people who see what they're doing with God of War Ragnarok and think, Oh my gosh, it has good actors in it. This is obviously the best thing ever. Immortality made, made a big splash, but it is the third time that they've done that. And also it is still an indie title. Again, I don't think Elden Ring's going to win this one, but I, it would be really cool if it did. Best art direction is Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, and Stray. I'm beginning to notice a pattern. I didn't read through this list beforehand. I'm, I'm, and I'm noticing a pattern. Elden Ring, God of War, Horizon Forbidden West, and Stray seem to be in everything. And this time, Scorn, which was another pretty recent game, so recency bias in full effect. And this is the really gross one, the gross, weird, horror gamey one. H.R. Geeker, I think, was referenced a lot when people talked about it. Not my thing. Although, honestly, pretty good chance of winning. It's probably going to stray. People really like cute animals, which also is why God of War might win. That one's got a lot of really good animals in it. It's a really good-looking game. From what I can say, I can definitely say God of War looks fantastic. Best score or music? I don't know anything about this because I haven't played any of these except for um so the Olivio de Riviere I'm guessing is how you pronounce their name uh, with the Plague Tale Requiem Tsukasa Saito for Elden Ring Bear McCreary for God of War Two Feathers for Metal Hellsinger and Yusunori Mitsuda now Yusunori is the only one who doesn't have a thing so I don't know what they worked on. Chrono Trigger? Oh, were they Xenoblade? Maybe they did Xenoblade 3. I'm gonna click into their IMDB right now just to double check why they are on here. Okay, they did Xenoblade 3. I don't know why IGN didn't credit them on that one. Either way, I, I would hope Yasunori wins because I've, I've only heard very little parts of Xenoblade music but it's all fantastic and he does a great job at it. That being said, I heard Metal Hellsinger was also pretty cool in terms of getting actual rock bands to perform games for their song. I heard Metal Hellsinger was cool. Maybe one day I'd like to play that. Uh, who's gonna win? It's gonna be God of War because these are these get very predictable at a certain point. When they don't when they haven't played most of the games, people default to the big popular one and so that's going to be God of War for most of these. Again, that's the game I'm currently in the middle of playing. Best Audio Design! Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7, and Horizon Forbidden West. This is another hard one. I think I'd give it to Call of Duty. They usually make a big point of how cool their sound is. I also haven't noticed the sound in God of War all that much. Hard to guess on this one. Best Performance is Ashley Birch for Aloy in Horizon Forbidden West, Charlotte McBurney for Someone in A Plague Tale Requiem, Christopher Judge for Someone in God of War Ragnarok, Manon Gage for, I think, the lead in Immortality, and Sunny Sulyik as also Someone in God of War Ragnarok. I think Christopher Judge must be Kratos, and who is Sunny? Is that Atreus? Boy. Uh, that is Atreus. Okay. 
So they got their two... So all of these must be the leads for the games. This is a hard one. I didn't... Ashley Birch was good in Horizon Zero Dawn, but I didn't care for the character as much as I think the game wanted me to be. So I'm, I'm just assuming she would have done well in, in Forbidden West, but I can't say for sure. Christopher Judge is good as Kratos still. Sonny Sulyik is good as Atreus still. This one's a hard one. I feel like they'd probably give it to Sonny this time around, since I think Christopher Judge has been in the game longer. I don't know. This one's another hard one to guess for. Games for Impact, probably the least useful title or useful award that they give out for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message what does that mean who can say anyway a memoir blue as dusk falls citizen sleeper endling extinction is forever hindsight and i was a teenage exo colonist are the nominees i guess i would hope citizen sleeper wins because of all of these games that's the one i really want to play that's another one I bought and then decided I don't want to I almost played it. But then I was like, there's two more DLCs coming out and I just want to play it when all of them come out. So I hope Citizen Sleeper wins that one. Best ongoing game with Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy, 14 Online, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. Another hard one. People have been really liking Destiny 2 recently. I haven't heard much about Apex Legends all that much, so probably not them. Final Fantasy XIV people still really love, Fortnite is really big, and same goes for Genshin Impact, a lot of people seem to like that. I'm just gonna put my chips on Fortnite this time around for no real reason. For best indie game is Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. Oh, Stray is back once more. Anyway, the only one I played here is Tunic, and I really did like Tunic. I also heard amazing things about Neon White, great things about Cult of the Lamb. I don't think Tunic's gonna win. I think the combat was too divisive. And then Cult of the Lamb and Neon White and Sifu at that, while all pretty big in the indie world, Stray struck through a lot more than any other, so despite it Beside, I think it's probably the worst game on this list, Stray's gonna win it. Best debut indie game, I have really strong opinions about because Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, and Vampire Survivors. And to me, it's easily in between Norco and Vampire Survivors because Norco might be my game of the year so far. It is definitely the game that's made the most impact on me that I've played. And also, I've heard so many amazing things about Vampire Survivors and how everyone seems to be playing it, especially Steam Deck owners. I bet Vampire Survivors wins this one. I'm sorry, Tunic. I love you, Tunic. And yeah, because everyone is going to vote for Stray for best indie game, best debut indie game, gonna go to Vampire Survivors, even though technically it did steal its gimmick from a mobile game, that doesn't matter. Best mobile game, Apex Legends Mobile, Diablo Immortal, Genshin Impact, Marvel Snap, and Tower of Fantasy. I'm guessing it'll go to Marvel Snap because recency bias, but I've, I haven't played any of these. I don't play mobile games all that much, except for the new Mario Kart game. I'll get to that in a bit. 
best community support. Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy XIV Online, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. I, I can't even guess on this one. I'm gonna go Fortnite for this time around. This one is the same category as the ongoing game. Basically, No Man's Sky's in this one. Maybe No Man's Sky will win, because No Man's Sky fans really seem to like what they're doing with No Man's Sky. Best VR or AR game. After the Fall, Among Us VR, Bone Lab, Moss Book 2, and Red Matter 2. Of these, I've only ever heard of Among Us VR and Moss Book 2. And I only heard of Moss Book 2 is because a lot of people were kind of skipping on it, because a lot of people don't want to dig out their VR headsets, so I'm going to give this to Among Us. Innovation and accessibility. This is a good category. They should keep this category. Anyway, is As Dusk Falls, God of War, Ragnarok, Returnal, Return to Monkey Island, The Last of Us Part 1, and The Quarry. And you know, even though that The Last of Us Part 1 is doing the same accessibility stuff, I'm guessing roughly the same as Part 2, they're probably going to take this one. Best Action Games, Beta 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, Sifu, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Huh, how did that one get in there? My hope is Neon White would win. That's another one I want to get to eventually. It'll probably go to Call of Duty. People seem to be really high on this one that high on that one this year. Best are best action adventure game, a Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray Tunic. Oh my gosh, the same categories again. Yay, except Tunic's in this one. As I, I would vote for Tunic in this list. It's probably going to go to God of War because that's how it happens. And I guess Horizon I'm I'm guessing Horizon Vid Forbidden West is going to get snubbed, especially since it released so much earlier in the year. <coughs> Best RPG is Elden Ring Live Alive, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Triangle Strategy, and Xenoblade Chronicles X. This one's a hard one, probably Elden Ring. But I can see Xenoblade winning this one. Best Fighting Game, DNF Duel, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, All-Star Battle R, The King of Fighters 15, Multiverses, and Sifu, which I guess technically counts as a fighting game. This one's a really hard one. I'm guessing Multiverses, because that one was free, so the most people played it. Best Family Game I also have strong opinions about, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, Mario and Rabbid, Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, and Splatoon 3. This should easily go to Kirby. Kirby was is also in line for the best game I've played this year. Splatoon 3 is real good. I really like Splatoon 3. Splatoon 3 is also up there for me. I think it's Kirby. I think it should be Kirby. I think Kirby takes this one. Oh, I, Lego Star Wars I do want to get to. I, I bought it. I pre-ordered it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. 80-hour games, it's hard to get around to them. I'm going to skip best sports. Uh, best sim strategy game, Dunk, Spice Wars, Mario Plus Rabbit, Sparks of Hope, Total War, Warhammer 3, Two Point Campus, and Victoria 3. I don't know enough about these to really guess, but Mario Rabbids is Mar has Mario in it. Best multiplayer is Call of Duty, Multiverses, Overwatch 2, which is definitely not going to win, don't even know how it was nommed. Splatoon 3 and Teenage Mutant Ninja Teetles, which I'm gonna go ahead and guess... Call of Duty. 
Either that or multiverses. Content creator of the year is Carl Jacobs, Ludwig, Nebelian, Nobru, and Cutie Cinderella. I don't know who any of these people are with the exception of Nebelian, who recently left Twitter because they weren't making enough money from it, and also that the bad guy bought it. And for that reason alone, I hope Nebelian wins. Or someone else on there will. I've never heard of the others. I'm also going to skip the eSports stuff. I can't say anything about those. Most anticipated game. Really dumb category, because what are you even talking about at a certain point? It's Final Fantasy XVI, The Racist Wizard Game, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I would guess Starfield wins, even though my personal most excited from this list is the racist one. No, I'm kidding, it's The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. We are six months away, I am so excited for that game. So that's what I'm most excited for. Starfield's probably gonna take it. Best Adaptation, which is celebrating game-inspired projects across entertainment including TV, movies, comics, and more. Weird. Arcane, League of Legends, Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, The Cuphead, Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, oh, the movie, right, and Uncharted. I bet that either Sonic wins or Cyberpunk wins. Those I think I saw the most people talking about. Arcane was a little too long ago. I didn't hear anybody talk about Uncharted. I heard Cuphead was great, but I doubt enough people have watched it. And, and then it kind of depends on recency bias, so I'm going to push it onto Cyberpunk. I bet that would win. And that is the end of the Game Awards segment. A lot of stuff going on. Again, if I were to choose different games, Norco definitely got snubbed. Kirby got snubbed. For, it should have been the best music. A lot of stuff. The whole list needs to be shuffled up a lot, but what are you going to do? If you go to too many places it will wind up defaulting to the most popular of popular, which is why, the, again, Game of the Year is a Plague Tale Requiem for some reason, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. The thing I'm honestly most shocked about, the fact is Xenoblade is there. So anyway, that, that is the end of the Game Awards. I guess maybe I should write down what I wrote about and figure and see what it is on the day of. That is it for game the that is it for the game awards. We'll see that whenever it is in some amount of time. I don't know when the date is. It's not included in this article. Look it up. You'll figure it out. Anyway, there's also a Nintendo Switch Indie World Showcase, and uh, this premium segment went long, so I'm gonna go quickly and only talk about what looked cool. Rogue Legacy 2 is on Switch. I really want to get to that. Pepper Grinder looked fantastic. It's a Devolver Digital published title. It looks amazing. You control this girl with a drill and you drill through sand to get jewels and gems and kill people and kill little little guys. Oh, it looks so good. This is this is probably the highlight for me. Have a nice death was shown. That still looks good. Oh, this one is also really good. Dordone, I think is how it's pronounced. Everything is really painterly type adventure game where you control a girl who, who is in her young life and as she is as an older person, looks it looks it looks beautiful. Really pretty watercolor paintings background and they come to life. And yeah, I'm I'm rushing through it at this point. That was that was the those were the ones the three I guess that three or four that stuck out to me in the indie world showcase. 
I really like the indie stuff. Indies are definitely my favorite game. Not indies. Indies are definitely where some of the funnest and most innovative things are happening in the video game space, and so I love playing the best ones. Keeping on in Nintendo news, looks like their games are selling well, at least. So it came out Kirby and the Forgotten Lands has become the best-selling game in the Kirby franchise, and, and it deserves it. Kirby has been a really great game. It's also come out that Animal Crossing New Horizons has become Japan's best-selling game of all time. New Horizons is the best-selling video game of all time in Japan. And then, I don't know if it deserves it. I did really enjoy my time with New Horizons. But also, like, New Leaf was better. It, it's good timing. It was it was a lot of really good timing for New, for New Horizons. I enjoyed the game enough. I, at this point, haven't played it in months. Which feels weird, because I played it almost... I think I played it almost two, over two years pretty much every single day. And now I just haven't in a while. It's a good game. And I'm not going to talk too much about this next story. Doom Eternal's Marty Stratton has allegedly really screwed over series composer Mick Gordon. But Gordon has brought the receipts and it doesn't look good for Marty. And this whole situation just really sucks. And so uh, I've linked the articles in the, in the show notes. It's a bad situation. I read through Mick Gordon wrote a medium article and it's just real bad he was just treated horribly he was underpaid for everything he was crunching for years they didn't pay him for half the music he wrote it's just a terrible situation and it goes back into a message that i've been saying a few times over the past few weeks pay the people who work on your games pay your voice actors pay your developers pay your composers these people are all so important don't treat them like crap i recommend reading through the article it's truly awful what was done to this done to Mick Gordon it's a shame anyway that is it for the news onto what I've been doing and honestly I'm gonna rush past this as well I finally won another Splatfest go big man I've been on the losing Splatfest for a while now it feels like but I finally got one I chose team water because I like water and I like big man and I don't care about Pokemon, so I don't care about the starters, and so I just like water, I like blue, and I'm really glad I won one. One thing I thought was really- I, I, one thing I thought was really interesting was that Shiver has been the most popular thus far, and, and almost on purpose, that's why they gave her Grass, which I, I believe is the least popular starter, which I thought was really, really good planning on their part. That being said, I'm I'm still glad our team won. I wasn't playing good. I think at the very, very last few matches I played, I started remembering how to do the game, but I lost most of the matches I did. I barely, barely got the max rank. Anyway, go big man, go water. Glad I finally got a Splatfest on my belt. I also jumped back into Mario Kart Tour. I beat the most recent tour, largely because I got an email from Nintendo saying, hey, Here's a bunch of free coins if you play right now. And I said, okay, I'll play right now. And the game's still alright. I am glad I was able to just look and see a really a Rosalina in a really pretty dress was on sale. And I thought, yeah, I will buy that. And then I saw Super Mario Sunshine Mario was on sale. And I was like, yeah, I also want to buy that. Will I keep on playing it? I don't know, maybe. But it, it's decent enough. 
it does make me realize, oh, collecting anime JPEGs is good sometimes. Not that I'm going to play gacha games, I'm still not going to do that. And finally, I've played about 18-ish hours of God of War Ragnarok. I did speak a little bit on it during the Game of the War Game of Game Award talks. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm going to platinum it because that's the type of person I am. I think it's got a lot of good writing and acting. Not maybe not writing story-wise. I haven't seen enough to really determine that, but it's got really good character work. That's one thing that these big AAA Sony titles seem to get really good is character work. And so I'll give them that. That being said, sometimes I like the in combat sometimes. Sometimes it feels like there's far too much combat. Which is weird. I it's a, it's a game that I should be excited to play the combat in, but then sometimes the encounter is just too long and then it's followed up 3 seconds later by another combat encounter that's too long and there's not enough puzzle or dialogue in between to make it feel worth it. And some of the side quests are just run here, fight something, grab a thing off the ground, and then go back. Some of them are pretty good, but any either way, I'm having a good time with it. Again, it's not my game of the year so far, but it's good enough. And I think that is going to be it for this episode of a Bleeding Heart Podcast. Again, anything I talked about is going to be linked in the show notes as well as all the links to my social medias, which again, I'm still on Twitter, despite that bad man trying to ruin it, and probably going to succeed in ruining it. But if you want to find me elsewhere, I'm on YouTube, you can find the audio version on anchor.fm slash MarioAth, or you can find the video games I'm playing on ggapp.io, or just me being me's on Tumblr and co-host, where I'm at MarioAth on every single thing. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening to this extra-long episode of A Believing Heart Podcast. I hope you enjoyed... And I will see you next time.